I'll be the dinosaur. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Hello and welcome to Remake Hot Take, the podcast where we play studio executives pitching remake ideas of our favorite and new media. I'm Maria Schwarz. And I'm Brooke Reese. And today... If you couldn't tell by our rendition of the iconic theme song that I had to Google real quick before we started, it's just like, you know, some of the iconic theme songs, they all kind of blend together for me. And sometimes I'll be going for Jurassic Park, but then my my body will just want to like sing the Star Wars theme song instead. But Which is anyways. funny because we struggled with the Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a recurring theme for me is that I... I know them, but I also very much do not know them. But if you couldn't tell, we are doing Jurassic Park today. So on June 11th, Jurassic Park is turning 30 years old. Oh my god! 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> it, it feels like it's something that should be older than that for some reason. Right? I don't know. I see those tweets that are like, the sweet life of Zach and Cody is turning like, 20 this year like 19 or something and Jurassic Park feels like it was an additional like 15 years before that but I think the theme songs I just figure all of John Williams stuff is old but like E.T. and Star Wars and everything Mm -hmm. but Brooke what was your your history with this film when did you first see it you're a big dinosaur fan I am we have like an in-depth text discussion because there are like kids that are dinosaur kids and I would classify myself as like dino light. <laughs> um, I had like, it wasn't a Nintendo, but it was some other like hand control little like game device thing that you would put like little cartridges in, but it had like this one dinosaur like game cartridge that I would play like predominantly over any of the other ones that I had. And it was like mostly just like memorizing the different dinosaur names but then there were like games and challenges and stuff I think it was kind of like a learning thing that my parents had got because they're not video game people but they were like educational game people so they got me so like, she's in Jurassic Park and needs to decipher whether something's going to eat meat or veggie yeah be great in that. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I would be because though that knowledge has left my brain because I was only into it for like one summer but so I was like kind of a dino kid if you like caught me at the right age which was probably between like seven to nine years old maybe I would have at that point been able to tell you what different dinosaurs are no no longer it has left my brain but so I was a bit of a dino kid but especially one of my parents and I's favorite movies from like early 2000s is the movie dinosaur just called dinosaur straight to the point yeah straight to the point no frills no fuss no land before time okay 2000 it's a beautiful movie we honestly should have fucking watched that instead because have you seen it i have not okay you have to like that's an extracurricular assignment for you you should definitely watch this movie it's so good sorry now i'm just thinking about pixar movies with that kind of title like car just gets to, gets right to the point. I think Finding Nemo should have just been called Fish. 
fish <laughs> finding fish <laughs> yeah they, they use all their creativity in like the studio and then they're like shit wait what what should we name this and it's just like the producer's just like hey what about like dinosaur <laughs> um yeah, so tell us about tell us about the film so it's so good it's about like i don't know if it's the start of the downfall of the extinction of dinosaurs but it is about like a meteor event kicks us off it follows the main character's name is aladar who's an iguanodon which maria asked me what my favorite dinosaur is and i would say an iguanodon because of this movie and so it starts off and he's like a little orphan baby which like all kids movies like to do and it starts off with like uh, his like egg nest was disturbed like with all of his brothers and sisters like something like disturbed at like a like carnivorous like it's like the start of finding nemo yeah basically but like he does not have his biological father his egg is like taken from the nest and it's kind of like um spirit like stallion of the cimarron it has a bit of like comparable scenes there and it takes the egg and for the time the animation is just like it's beautiful and it takes the dinosaur egg and he like travels like in like the clutches of a bird and then the bird drops him and he like falls down a waterfall and then it like goes into those things um and it just like he travels and travels and travels and, oh or like polar express like a lot of these animated videos have these like montages of in polar express it's like the train ticket flies out the door and I'm a sucker for them. I love them so much. If you give me like an animated montage of some object defying the odds and like following its little cycle. But anyways, he like is a little egg and he like ends up in the hands of these little like, they look like little monkeys. I don't know what kind of dinosaur they are, but they're like little monkeys and it's a little like monkey colony thing. And they like raise this, they're the father that stepped up. Like oh. he raises this little baby. So they're these tiny monkeys and then he's this huge iguanodon and his name's Aladar. That's the main character. Oh, then name. there's Tarzan in there. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so then he's like on this island that he ended up on and he's like the only one of his kind. So he has like no brothers, no sisters, hasn't met any other like dinosaurs that are like him. He's just around these like small little guys and they do like this mating ritual. And then all of a sudden, like in in the horizon, a freaking meteor comes down. And so it destroys the island. He grabs like his immediate family, like they climb onto his back and he it's like such a good movie like we should we should actually stop and just watch this and then that's the pod does he die um, no so this is this is all within the first like 20 minutes of the film and so the meteors are coming down and the whole place is on fire and he like jumps off of the island into the water as it explodes behind him and he's like swimming to the nearest land and then it's this like great migration of all of these dinosaurs that were like also had like meteor attacks in their area and they have to go and kind of like find this like promised land of like where they can go so they're walking through the desert and he finally meets like other dinosaurs that are of his same species and look like him and he gets like a little girlfriend and everything and then they go through trials and tribulations and people die people dinos die <laughs> 
people to me. <laughs> um, but there's like one guy, his name is like, I think his name is Bruton, which as a kid, I was always like, Crouton. <laughs> like, why did they name this man a salad topping? But it's like a, a story of like sticking together because they fight off these like dinosaurs, which are not T-Rexes. The big bad in that movie is not T-Rexes. It's some other dinosaur that's like closely looks kind of like a T-Rex, but is a different species. But anyways, so I loved that movie. That was like my favorite movie growing up. It's one of those movies that has become like iconic within our family. So we like reference like phrases from it a lot, like reference lines and like we watch it. We watch it every like year or so. So love that. And then I first watched Jurassic Park probably when I was like a little kid, but it's a movie that's like a easy comfort watch for me. Basically any kind of dinosaur creature movie. Do you hate it? <laughs> well, no, I just, I can't imagine it being like a comforting film as a child. It's so comforting. Like it, it always was. There was, I think it's in Animal Kingdom in Disney. There's a dinosaur ride where you go down it and then there's like a T-Rex at the end and you like almost get eaten or something. I remember like very, very like <laughs> very much in my mind of that moment of like going on that ride and it was a thrill for me. I was like crying, but I was happy to be there. Um, and I was like, this is just like the movies. I was like five or six years old. But I have watched Jurassic Park. I would say like every like three or four months I watch it. I get the urge to watch it. So I watch it like pretty frequently. More so I had seen it maybe like a handful of times. And then I would say within the past like pandemic time, three to four years, um, I've watched it like every couple of months as a just an easy watch. And then in general, and and then Jurassic World too. I, I don't think I've seen actually any of the sequels of Jurassic Park. I think I've maybe saw one once and then I was like, no. <laughs> For me, it's like the original is like the absolute like pinnacle. It's the top of the top. And like, it's it's the only one that exists in my mind because they have like Jurassic Park 2, 3, 4, like they have a bunch of them. But then I watched the Jurassic World, the new reboot with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, I like those two. I haven't seen the most recent one. I think the third one came out like last year. I did not watch that just because it like wasn't available for me to watch any anyway. And then I just didn't watch it. I probably, I will eventually. But I like the Jurassic World too. And then, in general I would say my like main favorite genre ever is going to be like apocalypse disaster movies but then followed very shortly by mostly like in tangent with creature movies or dinosaur movies so like Jurassic Park Jurassic World but like journey to the center of the earth and the dinosaur comes out I'm like yes and your man Brendan <laughs> or like the whole like monsters universe of creature movies I watched a while back like the Godzilla movies King Kong movies the mummy yeah i don't know that one i don't consider too much of a creature movie my definition of a good creature movie is that they're like very large creatures <laughs> i like tweeted one time this is a very niche take but i love the like noises that creatures make in in creature movies there's always like this like 
groaning noise whenever they like move or like get up and I I like it <laughs> um not like a kink <laughs> I just am like that's good cinema right there <laughs> but yeah so like all of the like monsters universe Godzilla Kong all and then every like iteration of those two ones so I'm just I'm just a big fan in general of all creature movies all dinosaur movies and it's always a way to to get me to watch it <laughs> but what about you? What's your history with Jurassic Park? If you're dino light, I'm dino free. Okay. <laughs> it's not, wasn't my favorite thing. I watched the original movie when I was a kid and I just have like the lasting impression of like the kitchen raptor opening the door and that really freaked me out and then I blocked it out and then I think we watched it in like AP English or something in high school and then I finished it on Netflix and I was like wow this is actually good oh good so you came back around to it yeah I was exposed (laughs) to that in Jaws I think like a little too early to like understand what was going on other than like terror there was this ride in Disney World and like Animal Kingdom where this dinosaur comes out at you which to you I guess was thrilling to me traumatizing I did cry but I was like give me more (laughs) what if we were like on the same little car for one of us this is like a life-changing experience for one of us it was like get me off when were you in disney what year was this i don't know i was probably like four. Oh, okay we wouldn't have been there at the same time okay <laughs> i was just thinking what if we like what if one of us pulls out like the photo from that ride and like little and it's Mario. you going and it's me going <laughs> that would just be such like a cement to our friendship <laughs> and be like this is beautiful But I think, like, I just didn't grow up having a healthy relationship with dinosaurs. Not that, like, we were, like, codependent or anything, but I just, I didn't, I didn't understand them. I didn't understand the science behind them. I got really confused, and for, like, a very long time, I thought that the Big Bang took out the dinosaurs, because I knew (laughs) something had happened. There was a Big Bang. (laughs) Exactly. So, um... Were you like, I like how you're like, I didn't understand them. I didn't believe in them. Were you like those people that are like, evolution does not exist? No, I I believe it. I just, I just, I don't know. You know, going to a museum and seeing dinosaur bones was never like thrilling oh to me. Gosh. It, was it just made me sad. sad. It's why? Like, because they had died? Or Yeah. I oh. really didn't understand the concept of death at a young age. Like I I empathize too much with bones. Like at a young age when I saw like Lucy who is like the first human skeleton or whatever, my big concern was like does her mom know that she's dead? Does she know can she come oh, and pay no. her respects? So I didn't understand being awed by like mm-hmm. artifacts. I was just sad. Mummies made me sad. I didn't like people dying. That's so sweet. I I mean I had like hyper empathy for animals and stuff like that as a kid and would like sob anytime. Like my my parents always say that my big thing is like if I like killed a spider, if my parents killed a spider, I'd be like, is it a mommy spider or is it a daddy spider? And then all of I'm... the spiders in the household are female. <laughs> well, I was like, is it a mommy spider? And they'd be like, no, no, it's a daddy spider. 
because if it, it was a daddy spider I was like good they don't need it <laughs> I was very anti-med at an early age but if it was the mommy spider I was like she has to get back to her kids <laughs> but I think like the Disney movies like ingrained that in me I was like we can't lose another mother like they're constantly <laughs> being killed off in these movies were you a nerdy kid because like you love history so I'm surprised that you didn't love like the mummies and stuff because I feel like the archetype of a like history museum is like the dinosaur section that's how we like kick off like the natural museum of natural history and everything not uh, for a very long time it was like under construction for a very long time so I think dinosaurs were also empty from my life for a while and I got comfortable that that might explain it because like I also have a distinct memory of I went to go see when I was like maybe five years old it was the first time I was like visiting my grandma and grandpa in Chicago and the Chicago Museum of Natural History has like a really famous like T-Rex she has like a name I can't remember her name but they have like a huge T-Rex in like the foyer of the <laughs> the Natural History Museum. And I got a keychain of this T-Rex skeleton and I carried it with me everywhere for like years and years. I had this little keychain of, of the T-Rex and it's still like one of my favorite keychains. But no, I loved it so much. Maybe I, I like seriously considered like a degree in archaeology like archaeology paleontology I was like I'm gonna do it I'm just I'm a human-based historian I don't go that far back and I'm really into like I I started with national parks which don't all some of them have like dinosaur history stuff but some of them are just like getting to know the land yeah I, I mean my parents and I like we only camped when I was little so I've been to like I think there are like 400 national parks in the U.S. I've been to like 150 of them. I was. Were like you a ever ju- a junior ranger? I was a junior ranger. I was yeah. a junior ranger at like everywhere. Sometimes they made that shit so easy to get to the yeah, point where I was like, like, "There's no qualifications." Like the bar is on the ground because like, sometimes actually- you could finish the paperwork by the time you get out of like the visitor center like you didn't have to explore to answer any of the questions and so then when I take the oath it feels empty it feels fake you're like I actually feel far more qualified than my peers and we need (laughs) we need a level up from junior ranger I need to be junior manager of, (laughs) of the junior rangers but oh yeah that was a high for me it was in like Yellowstone National Park where I think I did my first one and I was like, I have to, I take the badge seriously though. I, you, you may have thought the oath was fake, but I, I was like, this, uh, this is my life. Like I will defend, <laughs> I will defend the land. I will defend the buffaloes. I, so when was- all the national parks closed for COVID, were you like, it's time for me to take over? <laughs> I was like, they need me. Like I, I heard like a little calling. It was like, like the like, Avengers Batman signal going up. Yeah, like uh, my my junior ranger vest started to like glow in the back <laughs> of my closet. And I was like, it's fucking go time. <laughs> I knew this would come in handy. I was so into that shit. But I'm I'm sorry to hear that. You just like walked into a natural history museum and you were like, why are we like degrading the dead here? <laughs> I know. Like, I was like, leave them alone. Morbid. You're like, this is a morbid display. I oh, don't know. I think. And then later on in life, I was like, we should leave countries' history alone. Leave Egypt alone. <laughs> like, those are their burials. <laughs> like, everyone's cursed. And 
you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, so um, do you want to talk about the movie now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start off by saying that Jeff Goldblum in this movie was like at one point an awakening of my sexuality <laughs> for me. There's some people that are like diehard Jeff Goldblum people and like that that is the epitome of their sexual attraction for me it's a little more specified to this movie in particular him in this moment in time in that character really doesn't for me (laughs) um so at some point he was also my sexual awakening but he was just hot 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 in this movie (laughs) in my opinion Um, I remembered him doing more. I don't remember him, like, getting injured so fast. And for, like, almost no reason. Alan was already taking care of things. (laughs) Yeah, he was. But he He was was like, hey, I'm a chaotic shin or whatever. I don't know how you say it. And he's like, here's chaos. I'm going to fuck up the whole plan. (laughs) Chaotician, chaotician, yeah. Uh, Upon reflection, he has about, like, 20 lines, but they are important lines. Life finds a way for animals to fuck. Which also, I was like, oh my god, is this a Pride movie? I was like, (laughs) happy Pride Month, babes, because we have some maybe transgender dinos walking around here. That's what I I wrote down too. I know, I wrote that down. I was like, transgender dinos? Question mark, question mark. Yes, Pride Month. And Um, they're like, the females will never get together. And I'm like, that's such close-minded thinking. Yeah, I was like, first of all, we have iconic lesbians in this movie. And then we have iconic transgender dinos. Like, we have a family unit here of all queer people. (laughs) All queer dinosaurs. So, have you pride month guys we are filming this on june 5th so what a way to kick it off i mean obviously i i'm assuming that almost everyone has seen this movie but if you have not the the lowdown of it is that they have these scientists have this like billionaire funder who wants to i guess like he alludes to like having like maybe like safaris in like africa or like some other like animal sanctuaries and he like started off by having like a flea circus. So he's always kind of been in the business of <clears throat> entertainment through animals, real or fake. But they, the scientists have like discovered a way to get the blood from mosquitoes that are trapped in amber from millions of years ago. And then they create this like theme park of all these dinosaurs that they have genetically modified and engineered. Um, but I mean, Jeff Goldblum like serves as like in some ways that he serves as like the audience's thoughts of what this movie is he's like the moral foreshadowing yeah foreshadowing moral compass he's like i hate that i'm always right the scientists Um, here were so focused on if they can that they never asked if they should (laughs) yeah and he's like you guys are playing god which is like which was so spy kids too does does god stay up in heaven because he is also afraid of his own creation creations yes which also another iconic dinosaur (laughs) oh my gosh i need to like watch that now Oh, that was my favorite Spy Kids by far. But yeah, so he has all of these like very dramatic, very poignant lines serving as like the moral compass of the film, which also, you know, there are other movies that like touch on if we want to like expand it to other like parallel themes of like other sci-fi movies that talk about basically like our man's ability that we now have to harness like human DNA and 
to make clones or like more specifically like for babies that are like made through like IVF and stuff they do have the power to like you could theoretically only select like a certain gender only select like certain attributes that you want for your kid and stuff like that and there are mm-hmm. other like sci-fi movies that touch on god what's the one there's one with Ethan Hawke uh, um Parent Trap yeah that's the one <laughs> um there's one with Ethan Hawke where like if you're not like a genetically modified kid you're like designated to be like janitors and like bus drivers and stuff like that and only like the genetically modified kids that were selected for certain traits of like high IQ and stuff like that have different jobs in the world but it it is an ongoing discussion with the ethics of like our ability to select those things for like human um human production with like IVF um is like kind of a a popular debate but that's kind of what in terms of the dinosaurs you know he's saying that you're playing god um and some people kind of transpose that to IVF there was also that point where he was like dinosaurs were already chosen by nature to go extinct Mm -hmm. and it was like you know your team has already lost get over it (laughs) he's like you can't bring him back (laughs) i can't have him have a final touchdown yeah and he says like an interesting thing about how like he did not earn that um because you know there's also like another theme throughout the the movie of you know someone that the scientist versus like a man a billionaire with money and like what they're able to do even like in the discussion of like who gets to see jurassic park because the lawyer immediately is like we're gonna charge people tens of thousands of dollars so who's gonna he died he died that's a lesson it's a park for the rich or whatever which they like kind of touch on in jurassic world a little bit about like the price of tickets and who who can come and who can see this experience so but yeah jeff goldblum hot 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 one do you think the billionaire is bad and two do you think he should have lived or died okay so i was thinking about that um because in jurassic world they kill off the billionaire investor he i can't remember the actor the character's name but he's like driving the helicopter also the jurassic park and world movies are so pro helicopter (laughs) like they're they're very much like we don't need planes we need lots and lots of helicopters (laughs) like even when he arrives at the dig site in Jurassic World, they kill him off. The the, the next iteration of, of the billionaire who owns, you know, Jurassic World and whose vision wants to be realized for bigger and badder dinosaurs and everything like that. And they kill him off as he's like actively being involved in it and flying the helicopter to go and try to save people and do all this stuff. So he's like a billionaire that has immersed himself in like the production of Jurassic World and he's like and on the ground in the mix of it all billionaire and ends up dying because of the love of this world that he's created and in Jurassic Park one thing that I like noted this watch through um just a couple days ago is like we never like even see Hammond out there in the park he's always very much like protected in his secluded little like bubble the only time that we see him even interact with the dinosaur is when he's seeing like the baby's hatch which Um, is weird because he's like they bond with me so couldn't mm -hmm. he have just gone out and been like i am mother 
he was an absent mother he was an absent mother which is why they all turned on him so yeah i thought it was really interesting how separated he was from the like consequences of his actions and i mean there was ice cream melting he had other things to do listen (laughs) i would have done the same thing and he was like fuck those grandkids he was like fuck them but um, yeah, the way that he gets humanized is like through these little grandkids of his that he clearly like cares very deeply about and, and realizes his mistake in the end. I think uh, when I was trying to compare between the two endings, when we kill off the billionaire in Jurassic World, uh, I think we kind of like forget about him a little bit. And because he was like active, actively involved in trying to help the situation were like kind of like rewarding like his behavior and he becomes more of like a hero or like a martyr that has like died to to save himself and like I don't think he's a bad guy the the second billionaire and I don't think Hammond's a bad guy either um I think that I think he's just dumb I think he's just dumb I think (laughs) like I think the crux of that is that people with money can hire people to fulfill all of their wants and needs and like um jeff goldblum's character says like he just did not at any point stop and think about like any ethical ramifications of what he was doing um not even from like a this could kill people standpoint which like one of my favorite twitter accounts is like the jurassic park twitter account and they're like the t-rex ate someone again today or like free free merch guys like um several people died on the whatever ride like it's such a funny account you guys should check it out (laughs) um I don't think that he is bad. I think he just didn't think of the ethical ramifications from like the human standpoint, but also from the animal standpoint, as a, as I had alluded to earlier, like a, I'm a heavy animal empathizer and like Laura Dern's character, Ellie, um, talks about it too, where, you know, these animals don't know who they are. They, they have been created by someone who we have no idea what they're like ecological structure even looked like at that time they're they're feeding them plants that are poisonous every animal seems to be like sick to a certain extent too we Mm -hmm. see like several animals like the the like i think it's the brachiosaurus is um like sneezing and then like the stegosaurus has like all of the the like pustules on it so like they're sick from their environment they don't know who they are. They don't know how to interact with the world. They're also taking time bombs. They've been put on this planet for like one reason only, which is for like the pleasure of human beings to stare at them. It's it's like the ultimate like bred in captivity, like zoo dilemma, which of course, unlike a zoo, these animals would not exist had they not been created by us. But should they have been created just for the sole pleasure of human beings to witness them when they're not, I mean, they're given, you know, land, they have an island, but they're still in their own like enclosures. They still have all these boundaries. They can't roam freely until we shut down the whole system. Like PETA would have a problem with this. Like, and, and like PETA, PETA has a problem with like a lot of things, but like, you know that if PETA, if PETA's like lights are like blinking of like, ah, oh, this is maybe not like a good choice you know there's like at least at baseline some ethical dilemma there yeah Um, i think if sea world had drama i think jurassic park is gonna have more yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, there would for sure if jurassic park was actually successful and they managed to 
keep everyone contained and there were no deaths, there would have within like 35 days of opening, there would have been like a like a blackfish documentary of like black wrecks, like um the 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 PETA of it all of like how awful it is to keep these animals in captivity but that's also the thing is where are they gonna put them like we can't put mr t-rex like out into the world like it, we we've created something that like can't really be stopped which jurassic world explores like a little bit more too like in the second movie the island has like a volcano on it and the volcano is exploding and all of the animals are going to die and they have to make the decision about whether or not we just let nature take its course for a second time and completely eradicate the dinosaurs or if we go in and we and we try to save them so there are like a lot of like underlying very meaningful like deep kind of thoughts here but yeah what do you think should he should the billionaire have died was he a bad person i don't know i think he should have sacrificed something i think of everyone who did die in this thing i don't think he should have done it i don't know i was also and I don't know what I was thinking of where maybe I was thinking of stranger things. I don't know where I was thinking like when he took the the walkie talkie that he was going to lead them out and then like yeah. be left behind. But that doesn't happen. He just goes on his little helicopter and he keeps his little walking stick and yeah, everything's think- fine because he's rich. And so he's going to also be able to dodge all these lawsuits I mean, he does need to find a new lawyer. Um, yeah. He will dodge them. Would it have been more powerful if he lost a grandchild? Like, if he had No, because sort of... they, are, they aren't the problem. <laughs> They're not responsible for the sins of their grandfather. Yeah. But, um... I think it would have been better if, like, he was hauled off to jail afterwards and they're like, Hey, Tim, wave bye to grandpa. He's going to get out in maybe 30. <laughs> no, he's a rich white man. He would, <laughs> he'd be on like house, house arrests. <laughs> the thing that he lost is like, he lost his dream, which he clearly like cared very deeply about. And it's supposed to be like a, he's a sad rich. moment for him too. It's fine. Yeah. He'll get he'll afford another one. He will, but it's like this was this was his passion project. <laughs> he was like, this is the one I really want to have work out, and it didn't for him. Do you think that you would want to go to Jurassic Park? For sure. Of course. <laughs> like I've already talked about how much I love dinosaurs. They would have to be like at least a year or two into a uh, like smooth production of Jurassic Park but if it was within relatively affordable means i would be going because also like i mean we just talked about like the ethics of having the dinos in there um which i think is very comparable to like zoo ethics but even more complicated since they created them and they wouldn't exist otherwise but I'm still a person that, like, I'm a hypocrite, I guess, because I still go to the zoo because I'm such an... It's like a situation where you're such an animal lover that you want to see these animals. And then you're also such an animal lover that you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're, like, Googling. You're like, okay, is this an ethical zoo? Did they rescue these animals? Can these animals, like, be released back into the wild? Do they have some sort of, like, medical condition where they were rescued and they can't be rehabilitated and everything? So it's it's hard to to do that and like the like america really puts the work of trying to ethically consume stuff like that uh, onto the person to do the research 
Um, and oftentimes like places that are sanctuaries versus zoos are less accessible for people, whether it be like distance to travel to or like money, which is a shame, but I've, I don't go to the zoo often, but when I do, I'm always excited to go <laughs> and I always look forward to seeing them. So I think in that ethical sense, I would go to Jurassic Park and I would feel bad about it, <laughs> but I would still enjoy myself and I think like the fear of possibly being eaten would really just like heighten like enjoyment of the experience (laughs) like I'd be like yeah I would probably go in armed like if they didn't do like any sort of metal detecting I'd be carrying like a Glock with me (laughs) like I'd be carrying a knife something um just in case like shit hit the fan I'd be like I saw day one opening and what happened here I would go and I would feel bad about it. And I would go armed is <laughs> my, my rendition of that. But what about you? Would you go? No. no but they're alive. So they, you don't okay, even have but to like, do I don't even content. care. Like, I'm not even the biggest zoo person. Like, I don't really need to be there. Like, I am fine with the like 24 hour baby panda cam like Like I don't need to I don't like yeah I don't need to be there because they'll probably also like be hiding or something it's always really disappointing when you go to the zoo so I don't really need the in-person experience like I'm fine with like watching the TikToks of the people who go to Jurassic Park to the merch um I could probably buy that online Three, the rides look like they suck. Like, okay, yeah, the, the rides are not rides. Like, they needed to reconfigure. We can strap in and look at scientists, and we can um, go on a drive. That seems not worth it, in my opinion. The only thing that could make it worth it is the ice cream, because that's the only thing <laughs> that I've heard sounds good. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. You're like, okay, I'll go, but I'm just going to the cafeteria and then yeah. right back on the boat. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, you're like not too much of an animal person. Like, Maria never like grew up with like a pet in the house and like, she can appreciate dogs from like a distance but is a little bit scared and doesn't quite know what to do with animals I am on the far opposite end of that spectrum and if possible like as soon as I get like a house I will have every variety of animal that I can possibly have and like I'm someone I know there are people out there that relate to this next sentiment but I am someone that like watches those videos of like Bob and Joe like rescued baby lion Simba in like a backyard when he was two weeks old and now here's them 15 years later like reuniting with him in the in the African like desert and he's gonna come up to them and there's like a very famous like video that is exactly this situation where these people that like cared for this lion as a cub for like years then released him back to the wild and they see him like on this safari adventure and the lion comes up to them and is like mom dad like loves them so much I want to be that person (laughs) I want nothing more to happen to me than like in some ethical way I have obtained like a tiger cub or a lion cub And I know that there's no ethical way that that could happen. We all saw Tiger King. Like, there's reasons why people should not be interacting with wild animals. But I'm just delusional enough that I'm like, 
I think I'm close enough to a Disney princess where in my mind, I just believe that I walked up even to like a fully grown lion, like in the woods, I'd be able to be like, and then I could pet it and then it would not devour me it would love you're gonna die in cocaine bear oh for sure I like I would pet it that would be my first thing I think that's the thing is where it's also like I'm not white to the point (laughs) where like where like you know like my grandfather had like a pet leopard like that was like a, a a pretty normal thing but you know but but like well like but like my family understands that like you know the leopard grows to a certain size and they'll kill you so i'm what do they do with it they just like let it go and the leopard then you hope that the leopard doesn't see you again because the leopard will kill you like i i don't have these fairy tales because i am realist i have experienced no that's not how it works no he i would i'd let the leopard go because like if you love it you have to let it go i have to see it grow and like he has to have like a wife and children out in the wild but i would go searching for it you're gonna (laughs) die well okay first of all i know my limits i know realistically that that can't happen it's just like a dream of mine that's why I own pet rabbits instead of like a, a, a lion or a tiger. And they're going to grow a certain size and kill you. They won't. They very much won't. But they'll just, they, they're at the size that they will be forever now. They're like four pounds of just fluff. And are you like sicking mosquitoes on them to collect their blood and trap them in amber so that you can clone them later on down the line? Or at what point do you do that? I think I'd be going like a, a couple steps out of the way. I think I could just like get a blood sample from them and oh okay I for mm-hmm. future cloning sorry which, you're the rich people do you're the science person <laughs> yeah sorry Maria this is my avenue um I would just collect a sample I don't need to go through the mosquito and then do it um yeah but this is a way to provide mosquitoes jobs so you're <laughs> also ruining the economy do- Mosquitoes do not need to be employed. If I could eradicate the species, what about the my- mosquitoes' family? Tell that to the mosquitoes' family. Okay, they didn't have a it- Christmas last year. At baseline, I can say that my love of animals does not extend to creepy crawly insects. But I, I will tell the story of uh, I have a recent cockroach infestation in my apartment, um, which is not because we're dirty. It's because someone dirty moved in below us. So on the surface, I would say we could eradicate mosquitoes and I would be fine with it. But now that you said that they didn't have a Christmas, I'm actually getting a little sad about it. Um, and I like could cry at any moment. This is not during just my period week. This is uh, always, this is how my personality is. Um, so I had a, a cockroach who I was by myself. My roommate was gone for the week. His name is Todd because that is what the universe told me his name was. And I first saw him in my knife drawer and I did try to stab him. My my initial reaction was to try to stab him, but then I failed. And I'm not a religious person, but I am a little stitious, a little superstitious. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is a sign from the universe. He's also a baby. So he, he was a little baby cockroach. And I was like, oh my God, he's just a kid. Like he's a toddler. Like he has like, lo- he's lost. He's gone away from his mom. Like he doesn't know where he is. Um, so I was like, okay, he's just, I'm just going to let him live in the knife drawer. And then 
like that night I was taking a shower and coincidentally I was thinking about the movie Brother Bear and I was like shampooing and I was like it's so beautiful that like all of life is connected and like we could be reincarnated and like oh my god what a beautiful story of how he attacked this bear but it was actually like the little cub's mom and he finds out later on and Oh, life is beautiful and then I got out of the shower and I like went to grab a tissue to blow my nose and a fucking cockroach was on there and I like screamed but then I was like oh my god that's literally Todd that's Todd and I was like this is another sign from the universe I was just thinking about brother bear I was like this could be someone's uncle like reincarnated as a cockroach I was like we don't know maybe the uncle did like bad things in his past life and now he's been reincarnated but that's not Todd's fault because he got reincarnated and now Todd is just a baby he does not carry his past sins with him so I was like we I can't kill him and so then I it was like late at night and I just let Todd sit there Todd is also like very stupid he was not a typical cockroach he did not like scurry away he just like looked me dead in his eyes with his little antenna and his little beady eyes. He just looked at me and I looked at him. And in that moment, we looked into each other's souls. <laughs> and so I said, Todd's going to stay. Todd, you you have the night in the bathroom. I'm not going to deal with this right now. So then I woke up the next morning because um, Todd had like fled into a little corner of the bathroom right by the door. And so then I walked in the next morning <laughs> to use the bathroom. And I was like just sitting there doing my morning pee. And there was Todd still in the corner where I had left him. And I was like, come on, buddy. We got to get that. We got to get you out of here. We got to get you to a better home. So then I did capture him in a little Tupperware and a piece of paper. And then I took him out to the furthest dumpster away from my apartment. And I gave him a little like piece of leftover food for the road. Um, and I dumped him in there. And he is living a beautiful life. The exterminators did come shortly after that. And I legitimately did tell the exterminator that I wanted Todd's life to be spared. And he may have like called like the mental health cops <laughs> on me. He may have been like, wellness check on this one. Um, but I was like, hey, so like I did have this little baby named Todd. Like he's out in the dumpsters. Is he going to be okay? And he was like, Todd's going to be okay. So he he played along with me. <laughs> And he sent you a little picture and he's just like, he's going yeah, to college. Like, he just got it's in. It's like a flat Stanley. <laughs> like I just have him in all these different iterations. So yeah. And then we did, when the exterminators came the second time, they put out glue traps and I, <laughs> there was one cockroach stuck on the glue trap and I legitimately sobbed. Like I, I had to call my mother because I was imagining this poor little cockroach because I, I think the glue traps have some sort of like enticing smell or something to them. So he was lured onto it and his body is just stuck and he's like in pain and there were no other cockroaches on there with him. And like, he didn't know like what had happened and he was just doing his best, trying to live his best cockroach life. And so uh, then I read like the, the glue traps itself don't kill them. It's like they can't get to water or food and then they eventually starve to death. So I did hand feed this cockroach, but I took a plastic spoon. The the glue trap was like behind my microwave near like a part of the cabinets where they were coming up. And so I took a plastic spoon and I put water on it and I slid it to him and he drank water and then I gave him a little piece of food and he ate it. And I did that every night for like five nights. 
and I had to give up but I wanted him to have like a good last couple of meals so he had like sustenance for like the journey ahead of death so you got his hopes up and then you abandoned him no I wanted him to have a last meal because what if his last meal was like trash um so I gave him like a like a good last meal what did you Uh, give him it was like a piece of leftover like chicken and veggies that was quite a tangent but (laughs) that is the story of Todd I didn't name the second cockroach because I knew he was doomed for death (laughs) he was a marked man so I didn't give him a name what's your favorite part of Jurassic Park (laughs) I like the part where all the kids cuddle into Alan on the tree and they're like, mm. what if the dinosaurs come back? And he's like, I'll stay up all night. Because I think if two people have kids, they have to be all in. And I haven't seen any of the other movies, so I don't know. Maybe this is already talked about. But do you think Alan would actually like, do you think this is just the thrill of the moment of like being <laughs> being dad of these grandkids or has he actually changed and want kids because I'm worried that it's gonna it's gonna wear off and he's going he and Ellie are going to start to resent each other once they have a child and then they'll get divorced the kid will feel not loved I'm not positive because I haven't watched it but I did like extensively read like the wikipedias of the Jurassic Park sequels and yes, Ellie does marry someone else and has kids with someone else. I'm pretty You're positive. joking. No. <laughs> I thought <laughs> Alan and Ellie were endgame. No, that's why I You're don't joking. watch. No, that's why I do not watch the sequels because they are no longer together. And it's on like different characters. So I, that's why I don't watch them. Um, but no, she like goes off and marries and has kids with someone else. And I don't think he ever does. So yeah, I, I mean, that's like another like theme of this movie is like him learning to to love children in a very dramatic And then he doesn't. And so he he leaves this and he's like, I'm going to be an elementary school teacher. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, you know what I want to do instead of paleontology? I'm going to be a kindergarten teacher. Well, I love that like they have such strange experiences now. That's like, how would you explain that? One, to the scientific community, two, on like a resume, because it's kind of like the same logic as like Night at the Museum, when that lady who like specializes in Sacagawea asks the waxed figure of Sacagawea all these historic questions that they don't know. Like, how would you prove that to a historic journal? Like, how would you prove? It's like, where was your source? Well, I asked the wax figure in the natural history museum and so they're like how would they say like oh they they do travel in herds how do you know Mm -hmm. that because um these people recreated their dna and um i saw it (laughs) and then yeah um maybe like ellie applies (laughs) to like be a vet now and she's like well what what other like animal experience do you have and she's like well I nursed a triceratops. Jurassic World kind of touches on that because one of the characters in Jurassic World is specifically a dinosaur vet. Um, <laughs> How do so you go into it, that? Well, because like the, the world still knows about the discovery oh, okay. of the animals. So even though the park itself does not. But I can't imagine it. that there's a lot of demand for it. Well, there is because they make <laughs> Jurassic World. So like d- everywhere. Like, is it a franchise? So it's like the Jurassic Park happens, and then in the in the world of like Earth in nineteen in two thousand or whatever nineteen ninety eight, where 
they have had this discovery and this breakthrough, it still becomes like a scientific discovery. And then the scientist, the, the main like scientist from this movie, he becomes a recurring character for Jurassic World too. And then iGen is the corporation that um, they work for that then become like the big bad. So it still is like an amazing scientific breakthrough. And then because of that like discovery, it changes the world of scientific research for like and like Alan and Ellie like say like what are we gonna do now that we don't have to dig them up so it does like dramatically change the break world up of, like, I guess <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna break up and I'm gonna marry someone else um but yeah so it does like dramatically change the the trajectory of dinosaur adjacent uh careers that are available my favorite part is probably that like throughout the jurassic world and jurassic park series that like the t-rex is kind of this like ultimate symbol of like the power of the dinosaurs to like reclaim their own like autonomy and the the t-rex is like a villain but in many ways i'm gonna call her a she because she's probably a she in many ways she is like an iconic hero because she is stepping in at the last minute in multiple movies to become the ultimate badass it's a feminist movie it's a feminist pro like lgbtqia like it is everything that you could want (laughs) so yeah she steps in but it's like this ultimate the banner like i think my favorite moment is when like she comes in, she like kills the, the raptors, and then um she's like the banner comes down where it says like when dinosaurs, dinosaurs ruled the world. The world, yeah. yeah. And and that's what happens. They recreate that in Jurassic World too, which I love. Like a kind of a throwback to that moment. I was I had forgotten how long the explanation like video was of like the science behind Jurassic Park and everything I felt like it went on for a very long time and I felt like it was wholesome because I feel like movies don't do that anymore like especially like dystopian or like science fiction it's just like this is the world we're in but Jurassic Park (laughs) yeah they're like Jurassic Park is like this is how we got there please believe us this is real I don't know would you have just been all in if they were just like we recreated dinosaurs no because I I love like expository things because like one of the things that I love like I guess a a combination of like a creature film and um and like apocalyptic movie that's newer is like a, a quiet place um John Krasinski Emily Blunt I've talked about it like a lot. It's one of my looking favorite forward moments. to um a quiet place, the one with Joe Quinn. Yes, I think yeah, I think it's like not at all going to focus on the characters from the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's yeah. like a spinoff. Um, but that's like a combo creature film and like apocalyptic kind of horror. But the things that I like about those movies the most are ones where like my, my ultimate movie is going to be one where they like thoroughly explain what happened so like there's or or we're at like the very beginning of the apocalypse um so no i i appreciate the exposition i'm like yes give me more i would have liked the ride to be longer actually (laughs) i would have wanted hammond to be talking to little hammond a little bit more he is such Um, a good actor yeah he knew his lines and everything like Um, that the jurassic park is his dream Next up, Hollywood. Like, he's going to be fine. 
if it doesn't work out, he's going to the <laughs> to the big business there. But yeah, I love exposition and horror apocalypse like creature movies. It's like my favorite part of it. And if, if they don't provide it, then I'm thoroughly Googling like one of the first like Godzilla movies because I hadn't watched anything of Godzilla because Godzilla is like very old, like has been recreated a million times. And so they didn't give much exposition in the in the Brian Cranston Godzilla. Um, so then I was like Googling furiously and I'm like, okay, what's Godzilla's backstory? Like I need it all. Give it to me. So it's my final thought is that I love it so much. I love dinosaurs. I will rewatch this movie every three months and I will never get sick of watching it. Um, my final but... thoughts is I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we all got to have something. Um, but okay, if we want to move into our remakes, I have like five here. I have five um, too. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay, so number one, very easy. I think we would be solving every single logistical problem here if there was like an OSHA involved um, and if the workers of Jurassic Park were unionized. <laughs> um, I think that would solve right out of the gate. I mean, this whole thing with the lawyers basically the the like inciting incident of the movie is the death of one of the workers on this island from one of the raptors because he gets like i think it was a raptor he gets caught in there and then he's killed and then the inciting incident is that his family rightfully is suing for like millions of dollars and that the investors are getting nervous and they need to send this lawyer and these experts out there to to check it out but i think that like instead of being like no 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 no, no it's fine I think we use that as a learning opportunity. And the second that happens, all of those workers get together and are like, absolutely not. We are unionizing. We want OSHA. We need to take like a look. Like there's a reason that this happened in some like remote island that was owned by, I can't remember. But if this were in the US, like I think the US does a lot of things wrong. They do some things right. And I think there would be at least a little bit higher standard for worker safety if it was in the year whatever it was 1990 um so that's a quickie um and then another one i think that this would be an interesting take on jurassic park so you know we have hammond and then his i think it's his daughter is going through a divorce which jurassic park and jurassic world they love divorced and broken families yeah. <laughs> that's what jurassic world is about too it's like the mom and dad are going through a divorce and the kids are sent out there. So they really love that theme. But I think we take like a twist on it. And instead of the grandkids being like seven to like 10 years old, I think they're like 35 to 40 years old, like full on like Nepo baby grandkids, all of like Tim is still in his dino kid period. <laughs> yeah, he's still in his dino kid period. But they're like extremely spoiled, like rich grandkids that have been like sent to this island akin to Shit's Creek because their parents are like, they need like a taste of the real world. And then I would just I would just love to see the entire movie play out, but with very spoiled, privileged 35 to 40 year olds in place of the grandkids. The brachiosaurus or whatever sneezes on on the sister and she's like you david 
<laughs> yeah. It's just like, ill brachiosaurus. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, and then just the trials and tribulations as they're exposed to, aka um, the real world, but it is Jurassic Park. And then another quick one we were talking about earlier, how the rides are just not fun. So I think that we have, we we keep everything the same, but the rides are actual theme park rides. So they're like legitimate roller coasters being built. And it's like, oh, like we go on like the loop-de-loop and then like as they're turning, like the T-Rex is like right there. Like we turn upside down and the T-Rex can like kind of chomp at you, um, which I think would be much more exciting and death-defying. Um, and then it's like, you get a little app where they're like where you can meet and greet the T-Rex and have him sign your autograph book. Yeah, you you can do like fast pass to the to the raptor exhibit where you get to see like someone being eaten alive if it's mm-hmm. a Tuesday. But yeah, I think we need to like step it up a little bit. I mean like I know the dinosaurs are interesting and exciting, um but we need like actual roller coasters in there. It's like Tower of Terror and like you get up to the top and then it like drops and it's like open air though. And then like the pterodactyls are like flying around yeah. with you. Like we need to make this more interactive, which is a little bit what Jurassic World does. Um, but even then, I think thank they God. Can be more interactive. They, thank God. They That's write a great it that idea. <laughs> I mean, Jurassic World, they they don't quite show any roller coasters. They have like a little miniature petting zoo, and then they have like these like geosphere ball things. But I'm not seeing any traditional wooden roller coasters what I want to see because you cannot call yourself a theme park if you don't have at least one roller coaster and theme park food too yeah where's the funnel yeah exactly exactly (laughs) if if I had one fried food it would seal the deal for me (laughs) I'd be like I did lose an arm uh, in the t-rex exhibit but in my other arm I have a corn dog (laughs) so you know everything balances out a little Mm -hmm. bit okay and then another one is that if we do take this like ethical take of like should these animals even exist and now that they do exist they should not be caged um I think that like you know this is kind of like a post credit kind of thing where we have um Sarah McLaughlin um, singing in the arms of the angels, <laughs> raising money for the ASPCA, um, but it is for the for the dinos. Um, so she, you know, she's like to set the scene. She's like in the arms of the angels, and then in the background, it's just like slow moving images of the dinosaurs like actively ripping apart people. Um, so you know, it's like this is not their fault, but it's like the dino and like we have the lawyer in in the toilet and it's like him being you know dismembered very slowly and then we get a close-up on the t-rex and he's like looking really sad because like his meal wasn't that good um so i i think that yeah in the arms of the angels that's where we get the pterodactyls in yeah, fly away. <laughs> what is it in this dark? What are the lyrics? I don't like, know. In, in my mind, it's like in this dark, cold hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what you need. Actually. You know what every dark, cold hotel room needs? What? A dog or a dinosaur? Or a dinosaur. A little, a little 
we could get one of those monkey ones from the dinosaur animated movie oh also how can i forget to mention land before time also iconic dinosaur consumption that i was i was a big land before time one um, i think i only watched it in like school oh my god because it's also like there was also i don't know the more i did research in it about like the the little, the little one that was yeah who was murdered. like murdered by her dad or whatever yeah Just makes me sad death doesn't stop me the way that it stops you because <laughs> i i heard that fun fact one time and i was like that's okay her performance is still brilliant um but yeah there's like big 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 water water that's that's a song in land before time there uh, are songs iconic. yes i don't remember there, there being was, songs there was one movie where like they're in it's like a cold freeze has come in and they like sit in these little like sauna pools that they found and i remember watching that and being like i have to experience that sensation <laughs> it was like iconic to me um but anyways little tangent can't believe i forgot to mention land before time but ASPCA commercials. Okay. And then my final pitch here. Stay with me. It is Jurassic Parks and Rec. Um, so <laughs> Chris Pratt is heavily featured. Um, you know, in, in Jurassic World, he is one of the main characters. Um, and I think we can tie that in a little bit better. So instead of being the character that he is in Jurassic World, he is still Andy from Parks and Rec. Um, if we were to apply that scenario to the original Jurassic Park movie, you know, I think it's like Leslie Nope like gets in gets in there. And if Leslie I, Nope was in charge, this never would have happened. It never would have happened. That's my exact point. She so like Ron Swanson is like the Hammond of it all, and he's gotten himself into this mess and he doesn't quite know how to like get himself out. And everyone's dying. He doesn't really care, though, because, like, he has, like, makeshift whittled himself, like, a little dagger to protect himself and to protect his land. Um, and, like, out back in, like, the T-Rex enclosure, he has, like, buried all of the funds that he has made so far <laughs> from this endeavor. And then all we need is Miss Leslie Nope to come in there and she'll have on her little hat and her little tie. And she will transform this place. And not only... Will it be running like a fucking military operation? I'm talking the smoothest park experience you have ever had. She will also care about those animals and she will give them the gay back to the gay. She will give them like the gay penguin wedding that those T-Rexes, those lesbian T-Rexes deserve. She will get them married. She will have all of the animals in mind and it'll, it'll be beautiful. Like, can you imagine like just the entire Parks and Rec series but it is just all placed in Jurassic Park. So all of the shenanigans will occur. Well, it will have, um, it will be Jurassic Park and Lil Sebastian. So it, they'll yes. specialize in dinosaurs and small horses. <laughs> Dinos and small horses. <laughs> um, and then when, you know, ultimately little Sebastian will probably pass away and it probably won't be from old age. It'll probably be from the, the T-Rex or the raptors getting into his enclosure. And it will be a sad day, but uh, whatever the song is, 5,000 Candles in the Wind will be sung um, in the amphitheater. And it'll be it'll be a learning moment for them. It'll be a sad, but it'll, it'll be a poignant realization for Leslie and for the rest of the team about the power that they are wielding in these animals and, and the responsibility that they they must always take. Um, 
so yeah you know and then it's like at the like she is also concerned about like building like the the brachiosauruses like she wants them to have like a good pool and like a, maybe a swing set like she's gonna figure out the logistics of that so i think there are endless possibilities with that idea um and i would i would love to see someone take the ball and and, and roll with that into the parks and rec office but yeah what are your remakes we finished the movie the same way um we fly out with the helicopter and text appears on the screen that says off insect repellent because no one should have access to your dna and it's all just a big ad for off bug spray for mosquito repellent because if the dinosaurs had bug spray this never would have happened so it's kind of on them it is I love that. <laughs> um, my next one is 20, 22 years pass um, between this movie and um, someone decides to make a new theme park. Um, last one was called Jurassic Park, so we'll call this one Jurassic World. And okay. um, so we start developing this idea for Jurassic World. And, um, but on the casting, we specifically say no Chris Pratt. Okay. <laughs> so that's my other idea because it's, um, happy pride. So we have to be anti Chris Pratt. It is. Yeah. We can't have both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or is it better to, you know, keep exposing Chris Pratt to the lesbian dinosaurs and, and see if he changes his mind on anything? <laughs> see if he backs I don't off. think he will. I don't think he, he will. Change. Okay. Okay. We want it to be a safe environment for all. <laughs> Maybe one of them could eat him. <laughs> that would be, I think that would be therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next one is called um, Jurassic Park, but it's a motivational, heartfelt story of one T-Rex's attempt to pass his driver's test um, when his little arms um, don't reach the steering wheel. Um, so the movie starts out, he's behind the wheel with an instructor and they're like, hey, Jurassic park and he's like i can't and that's the opening scene um, i love it is he specifically trying to parallel park or just any parking um maybe parallel park to make it relatable right. to the audience because yeah, we've all be been because, there yeah because i mean he has to be able to like he's got to drive so mm -hmm. like parking and driving not that different but parallel parking uh, uh do you think like the climax of like the movie is that he realizes that he like is driving like a tesla and he can just like press like the parallel park button <laughs> yeah, with his yeah. tiny little arms. <laughs> like he he's like done all this hard work and he's finally trying to achieve his goals. And then he just like bumps against this button and then it just like does it for him. Just and then we, because like, you're in the model. Jurassic period, you don't have to live like it's Jurassic times. And then it's like sponsored That's what by the Tesla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is actually like Elon Musk's next venture. <laughs> um, and then my next idea is Jurassic Park. But it's all male dinosaurs because I think with male aggression, we would not have gotten this far. Um, like, you know, like the females, we think things through. We've been biding our time. So we let them like fool themselves into thinking they're going to open. We let them open their little gift shop. We let them buy their little ice cream. But I think with males, it's just going bad right away. Yeah, they, they wouldn't have even had time to construct the visitor center exactly. <laughs> before the, the toxic masculinity mm -hmm. of the all-male dinosaur world would have collapsed in on itself. 
I like to think that they started with the males and then they decided to go all females afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this actually isn't going to work. Like the the, the baby T-Rexes started doing like push-up competitions (laughs) and their little arms couldn't take it. And they they died one by one. Um, and, And the last one remaining kept talking about how like he he was like a serious like bitcoin investor (laughs) um and that like he only wanted like a real woman by his side Mm -hmm. yeah that for sure was like that was the prequel to jurassic park exactly um and then my final one is jurassic park but they do spare expense um so everything (laughs) is just kind of shitty like they're like the raptor is coming in lock the doors and they're like we can't afford locks on the doors duct tape (laughs) when like the ice cream is shitty they have golf carts what if it was jurassic park (laughs) expenses have been spared and instead of like actual dinosaurs it's like a man in one of those inflatable like there we go costumes and then they're like um I like I don't think that like I as a paleontologist should have been like called out here. <laughs> like, Do you endorse it? It's just like, like what you study. They're like I don't really think like this is going to hurt anyone. <laughs> but And they're like how dare you say that to Mark and he takes off his costume and he's, he's like, like yeah sobbing. man. I'm dangerous. <laughs> he's like you don't know my backstory i am on the edge i could i could snap at any moment dude and then it's like okay yeah i'm i'm gonna like i'm gonna head out um you guys just keep doing what you're doing and like i i wish you the best of luck and then end scene that's where it is there we go would you like to do who's your daddy really quick yeah. So the first big one, obviously, is Laura Dern. Her mom is Diane Ladd, who is in things like Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Rambling Rose, Chinatown. Her dad is Rambling Bruce- Rose. I did a podcast on Rambling Rose with my other podcast group, um, and it is a trip of a movie. I highly encourage everyone to watch that. A trip in a good way? Uh, a trip in a, like, why am I here? Why have okay. I made this decision to watch this movie? We did a podcast on it, though. If you look up, I'm thinking of watching things, Rambling Rose. It has, like, 4,000 views because I think it is, like, the only podcast that has ever been done on that weird, weird movie. Um, so shout out to that if you're looking for some extra textual (laughs) um reading of rambling rose and then laura dern's dad is bruce dern known for coming home nebraska big love etc and laura dern's wikipedia page is very thorough and it says that she was conceived while her parents (laughs) were filming the wild angels which is very unnecessary do they give like time marks (laughs) time code for when she was conceived um, like at an hour and 42 seconds that was the magic <laughs> and her godmother was shelly winters who won the oscar for the diary of anne frank in a patch of blue and then Rich- richard attenborough is of course the older brother of david attenborough which i think is always really fun when he's like we spared no expense for like the voiceover when like david attenborough is now like the peak nature voice guy and then samuel l jackson not nepo but um He developed a stutter during childhood and learned to pretend to be other people who didn't stutter. So that's like kind of his um, way into acting. And he still uses the word motherfucker to get through speech blocks. Um, And um, after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination in 1968, 
He actually attended King's funeral in Atlanta as one of the ushers. And then the the kid, Tim, Joseph Mazzello, not Nepo, but kind of, he um, went to USC following a recommendation letter from Steven Spielberg. And <laughs> he paid for school with the salary from his small uh, kind of cameo appearance in the Lost World Jurassic Park, um, which he cool. refers to as a graduation present from Spielberg. So Brooke, what have you uh, what have you been watching lately? We watched Missing together, twenty twenty three. I like loved. Um, you didn't like it at first, and I was really scared. Yeah, because I, I don't love that style. It's like a style where <clears throat> everything is like screen recording kind of style. But I thought they they took that and they did like a twist on it where. Um, I really liked the use of like cameras and like ring app and like all these other cameras that were placed uh, streaming for like tourist sites and stuff. I thought that was a really interesting way to like add a little bit more variety of the kind of things that we were seeing. Um, and then having like the FaceTime, like being up on the Mac computer, which like, oh my God, everyone's looking at her, like put a, put a piece of tape or whatever on your camera. We can all see you girl. I know, but shout out to Apple. It was like a freaking Mac ad. I was like, the downloading speed was amazing. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Like, I, I loved seeing the difference in like her clicking through. I, I, it was just like the first film, because I feel like films like that, it's like the text bubble like pops up. And it's something that like no teenager has ever said in their entire life. And like, you can so clearly tell that it was like written and directed by like a 55 plus <laughs> year old white man. And I, I don't know who directed this, but or wrote it, but I felt like they did a much better job because I was like, yes, those are all things that, like a teenage girl would say. And I was like, that is exactly like the way that they did the the screen recording of like, OK, now it's like two factor authentication. And like she is like scrambling to like find all this information about her mom quickly. And it's like, OK, there's like a pop up ad and then she's going to do this and this. And it was like an actual run through of what I think would happen um so I really liked it and then it like got like shit got serious real quick I mean I love like true crime stuff so it it was in that genre um but yeah I really I like want to see the first movie searching oh there was a first one is it not the this is like a standalone right? yeah this is a okay. standalone so um if you remember from the beginning when she's watching like a Netflix thing mm-hmm. that was like the Netflix version oh. of the searching that was the previous movie oh i didn't even know okay so maybe i'd like that one too um i watched all of the pirates of the caribbean i was um i did like take up embroidery in the middle of watching those for the first time so i wanted something that i could like have in the background and didn't need to look at the screen pretty much at all yeah you asked me you were like can i embroider during missing and i was like no (laughs) no because there's like very few lines of dialogue like it is almost all like messaging and typing stuff in on google um but yeah i watched all of those will turner orlando bloom and that movie was like my ultimate childhood crush better like, than legolas yes yes which i i wrote on letterbox <laughs> for pirates of the being cursed with black pearl i put the two loves of my childhood were orlando bloom blonde in parentheses legolas and orlando bloom brunette in parentheses will turner yes legolas is like i don't know i like my my fictional men like a little bit dirty um in in, like i mean like physically like dirty (laughs) like will looks like he's not showered and he just has like the salt air 
and the seawater in his hair and his hands are a little grimy like he would have to like wash his hands before he touched me but I would like it but it would be Um, worth it maybe not I don't know maybe the hands could stay as is it would have to depend on the moment Legolas also hot but like a little bit too like clean and prim and proper for me like I did he found the Lego company or he did yes uh, like every Lego, you know, instead of it's like Lego TM, it's like mm-hmm. Lego LAS is is what it is. Um, he was, he's from Denmark. Um, so it, that was just like reliving the ultimate childhood crush of mine. And then I realized that like I have a very specific like fetish of like period act. Well, I always knew I have a fetish for like period men as as witnessed in like Pride and Prejudice, but more specifically a. A subsect of this is specifically period men, maybe dirty, maybe not. They don't have to be. Um, sideburns, sideburns are a bonus, but flowy... they need to be on the verge of having typhoid and dysentery. <laughs> they need to look sick, and so they need to have scurvy, typhoid, a scarlet fever. I need to see some indication of weakness. Um, but then th- this movie reaffirmed that they also need to be wearing a flowy white shirt. That's what does it for me. That like just absolutely brings everything together and closes the deal um so yeah I did watch all of those then I watched Barbie Fairytopia which <clears throat> I love it iconic I like all I wanted in this world she like is obviously a fairy and she lives in like this meadow she's like a flower fairy which like I want to be a flower fairy I love floral so much and she lives in a peony um a peony flower and like I like watched that and I was like ah. I remember, like, all I wanted as a kid was to live inside of a peony flower. Um, so love that. I watched Free Guy for the first time, which I was not a fan of. Um, I had put off watching it for a long time, and I just did not like it. I watched Emperor's New Groove, great. Ratatouille, one of the best movies, I think. Um, love it. Watched Vampire Academy, which... <laughs> I love so much. It's another like pretty frequent rewatch for me. I love like the guy there, Dimitri. I it's it's based on like a, a, a book series which I haven't read. Um, and I think there's like a new like TV series that's coming out or has come out in the last couple years with it, which I have not seen, but I love it so much. <laughs> so and like Dimitri. I, I love like a good like age gap. Um, this one's an inappropriate one because she is a minor and they don't do anything. But there's just like the hint of is this another fetish. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> um, but there's like a, a, a sizable age gap between them, and he is um like Russian for most of the movie. And then there's the, there's a part of the movie where he has like a love potion like a love charm like placed on him and they're like about to get like hot and heavy and he realizes that it's like a love charm and he, his accent switches to like an Irish accent from a Russian one in the moment and I, I don't know like what happened to the to the character and the actor but like the the sight of boobies just like brought out like the Irish <laughs> in him um and he's like Blimey. love charms <laughs> like he says it's so weird it's like love charms oh my god like I don't know I'm not good at an Irish accent but he he's <laughs> says it something like that is he like, good at oh. an Irish accent 
yeah i mean he like had the russian accent and then he he broke into irish um my roommate was out of town so i could not watch vampire diaries every <laughs> every moment of my free time but yeah what about you maria i watch my films to learn not look at um <laughs> hot men so sorry we're different <laughs> so i watched reality i have been on streaming apps because um i'm sad um, but I did watch reality, which was like the the movie version of the case of reality winner who published and leaked the like secret information about like Russia's involvement in the 2016 election and stuff. And, and she was like arrested for like the longest time in history of violating the Espionage Act or whatever. And it was really interesting because... They didn't write any dialogue. Like, all of the dialogue in the movie comes from the recording. So it was, like, an interesting thing where it was, like, very, very accurate to what was happening. So, I don't know. That was – it was interesting. I never – I actually never heard of that thing at all. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not informed. But – so that was interesting to learn about. I watched uh, the animated movie Scoob. I watched, like – 10 minutes of that and then turned it off it was okay i mean it was interesting to see the scooby-doo characters in a 3d animation format it didn't Mm. feel right but that's okay it showed like the origin story of shaggy and scooby which like made me cry um yeah i i don't know i thought it was i thought it was sweet but it was like also similar to other like one episodes of scooby-doo that i've seen before like they've definitely used this exact plot before um and they've done that in like a one episode thing so it was a little bit drawn out because they're like little kids right yeah in the beginning and then they turn into adults in the end and they're planning on like franchising mystery inc which is like my mystery inc would never give into capitalism (laughs) they're small business core exactly um and it has simon cowell as like the person that they want to invest in but did you know that simon cowell is kind of a nepo baby for all of like the auditioning to get in and like if you have it or you don't um (laughs) his mother was a ballet dancer and socialite and his father was a music industry executive so is already in the world and then i watched the ted lasso season finale or series finale which was traumatic what happened um it was just like it it did a good job of wrapping up literally every single character that they've ever introduced like like every character reappears and then they're also like newspapers in the background that you can like pause and it will update you on like random characters that you had previously seen um so i thought that was it was good it was just traumatic to see the ending of it and then um i hit 70 out of 73 of brendan fraser films and television um so i watched dudley do right not not fantastic in my opinion it's a very canadian movie that is not canadian at all um and it just kind of made me sad oh no why um, well, he plays, like, this Canadian Mountie that's really bad at his job. Maybe I'm just, like, someone who really likes effective men, but he was just falling over everywhere. And it just, like, really it had a lot of fart humor, and it just oh. wasn't my favorite. But it was, it was 1999. He has the same exact hair that he has in The Mummy, which I think this secures my belief that 1999 was peak Brendan Fraser. Okay. Um, but not that he is like Nepo, but his maternal uncle 
was the only Canadian to win a gold medal in the 1952 Summer Olympics. So congratulations. And then I just finished um, the six-episode documentary, The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Have you heard about this? It's like Mm -hmm. all over social media. There is this little girl um, named Natalia who was adopted from the Ukraine, and she has dwarfism. And so these people adopted her. She was born in 2003, and they become convinced that, like, she's older than she says she is, and she's, like, a con artist, and she's trying to kill them. And so this whole documentary goes around, like, who who is she? What is her backstory? Did her parents or her her adopted parents make all this up? Because basically, like, they decide that she is older and they tell all the doctors that she is a con artist mm-hmm. and she's not actually a six-year-old girl that's have you seen the the horror movie orphan mm-hmm. that's like yeah. the exact plot of that Did yeah they, take, they must have taken like liberties with that true story i don't story. know, yeah, I don't know I- but basically it was like a really sick case where they told all the doctors and the judges that she wasn't who she said she was and so the judge made this like decision that and changed her age to 22 from Mm -hmm. 9 to 22 Mm -hmm. and then they got her an apartment and just abandoned her Mm -hmm. and the documentary did all the research and she actually just like was a nine-year-old girl who was abandoned like she like well like every all the neighbor community because she lived in like an apartment and the whole neighborhood community was like she's really creepy because she always asks us for food because she says she doesn't have any she doesn't do hygiene because I think she can't take care of herself and they're like she's really creepy with our kids because she acts like they're her age but she's actually 22 when actually she is like a child oh my god and um that's so sad yeah and then they move her to another apartment and this one is like a second floor apartment that she can't even get up to and they stop paying all of electricity and everything for her um and so basically the the parents get sued for like abandonment um but because a judge has declared that she's 22 and it, she's actually, like, declared 32 at the time of the court case. So all of the, like, child abandonment is thrown out and the parents get nothing done to them. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's, like, what's the, what's the end of her story? Did How does she take care of herself? She's living with someone else who basically, like, they weren't allowed to adopt her, but they basically took her in as one of their kids because these parents basically just... I think they were like it's like the kind of thing where it's like disabled children they're like we we were happy before her and she ruined our life but like disabled children aren't like an accessory like they take a lot of care what made them think that I don't know there's like some stuff about it where like maybe there were some like mental health problems or something but there is also evidence that they beat her a lot so there's like a lot of like very differing stories like we don't really fully know how old she is because like also date of birth changes are so frequent in like 
buying from other countries, buying from other countries. And so, I mean, they adopted a little girl from Ukraine. Like that's they that kind of comes with foreign adoption. So I don't know. And even if even if she was like 22 or whatever, like leaving her in a second floor apartment by herself that she can't climb up the stairs, she can't reach any of the like anything in the si- the kitchen or anything like just disgusting like even if she wasn't a minor she's still a disabled individual and you mm-hmm. knew she was disabled when you adopted her oh my gosh that's awful yeah yeah but they're planning on doing like a follow-up where she's going to speak and tell her story so well on that depressing note <laughs> where can they find you maria they can find me enraged often um but they can find me at maria shores on all social media and they can find the podcast at remake hot take on all social media where can they find you brooke they can find me at b underscore reese cup on instagram I don't know what my TikTok is. <laughs> Maria suggested that I do a bunny day in the life. So I may do that. That's a fun little cutesy idea. Um, but yeah, I may start like posting maybe some stuff on my own TikTok. Brooke Reesey Cup. At Brooke Reesey Cup. So thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye. Bye. <laughs>